Welcome to The Change Lab, a podcast for people who are all about personal development, leaning into their potential and becoming their best self. Just, you know, starting next Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Hines, and oh, sh- it's Monday. All right, it's Monday, and welcome back to The Change Lab. So, how are all my lab mates doing? How are y'all doing? Have you recovered from Thanksgiving, <laughs> both physically and emotionally? Oh yeah, Thanksgiving can be a whole lot. I'm not really a Thanksgiving person. I mean, that may be heresy to say, but I like it. I don't love it the way that some people do. And I certainly don't love it as much as I love the Christmas season, but I certainly do appreciate very much the theme of giving thanks and gratitude. And we're going to talk about that. It's really one of my favorite topics. The research on gratitude is kind of mind-blowing. And also Thanksgiving ushers in my absolute favorite season of the year. So the minute we finish that last bite of pumpkin pie, it is officially the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) And my Christmas decorations, they will be coming out this week and I'm very excited about it. Now my kids are old enough to get involved and that's so much fun because I get very excited about making everything look holly jolly. It's a real production, but I'm not a great cook. So, you know, I take my holiday decorating very seriously. I'll make it up in another way. I actually once bought, I don't know, maybe 16 years ago or so. Yeah, probably. Anyhow, an entire store window display of... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation characters. So that's, you know, including Yukon Cornelius and Hermie, (laughs) the dentist elf, Santa, Rudolph, and then Rudolph's lady, Clarice. Anyway, they weren't for sale, but I was very persuasive. They're so awesome. I will take a picture of Yukon Cornelius is particularly awesome. I'll take a picture of him with his little snowshoes. (laughs) Anyway, I create a massive Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer claymation diorama. (laughs) I haven't evolved past third grade. Anyhow, I do love this whole season that's coming up, but in the spirit of Thanksgiving and gratitude for Thanksgiving, bringing us this wonderful season of the year, we're going to talk about the profound life-enhancing power of gratitude and how you can boost your GQ, your gratitude quotient, which by the way, just so you don't go searching on you know, Google Scholar for the term gratitude quotient, it's not a technical term. It's one that I made up, but I find it to be you know useful as a shorthand. And uh, probably from a scientific perspective, GQ would be subsumed into EQ. So it's probably a part of EQ. Nonetheless, In this episode, I'm going to be digging into the research on gratitude and also offer some very simple exercises that can help you amp up your GQ and you will find out why that is just so important. So, all right, let's just get to it. If I told you there was a pharmaceutical that helped you sleep more deeply, wake up more refreshed, forgive people more easily, crave less fatty foods, exercise more, increase happiness and satisfaction with life, improve relationships, and live longer with zero negative side effects. Zero. No fast talking disclaimer at the end of the ad. You would want it stat. Everyone would be clamoring to get this. 
Well, that natural life enhancing medication exists and it's called gratitude. And when you take a few moments to cultivate a feeling of gratitude, it creates an immediate shift in your body. Your blood pressure drops, you experience pain differently. I mean, you tolerate pain more and your immune system gets a boost helping you fight off that cold or recover faster. And that's so important now that we're going into the winter season. So anyhow, gratitude is very powerful medicine. And this isn't woo-woo, good vibes, law of attraction talk. The healing properties of gratitude are backed by scientific research and quite a lot of scientific research actually. But before I dive into the research, let's first define what gratitude is. So UC Davis professor of psychology and probably the most preeminent gratitude researcher, Robert Emmons, defines gratitude as a two-step process that involves first, a recognition of the goodness in one's life, and second, a recognition that the source of this goodness lies to a large extent outside of oneself. So first, recognizing that you've been given a gift, and secondly, that the source of this gift lies outside of you, that it is from another human being or also an entity like God, universe, divine love, or also some sort of like larger concept. But nonetheless, it's external to us. It's also important to note that gratitude isn't just a feeling. It's a complex internal process that really defies categorization. So gratitude is a cognitive, emotional, and behavioral process. So gratitude is a thought, an emotion, and an action. It's a thought, a recognition of a gift, so a cognitive process. It's an emotion, an appreciation of a gift, so that emotional experience of appreciating something. And it's also an action, an acknowledgement of a gift, so an expression, an outward expression of that recognition and appreciation. So it really requires all three of these things. And I would really argue that gratitude isn't complete if it's not experienced in all of these three ways. So it must be really recognized cognitively to oneself, emotionally experienced, and then expressed outwardly and paid forward. There is a genetic or heritable aspect to having more of a grateful disposition or having what we call trait gratitude. About 40% of your degree of gratitude is thanks to your genes. Thanks, mom and dad. But that means that 60% of what I have termed your gratitude quotient is malleable, right? It's changeable. We can enhance it and increase it. So there's a lot of room for improvement. So do not use that as an excuse. (laughs) And I'm just genetically not a grateful person. You can become a grateful person very much. So let's dig into some of this research here. So psychologist Robert Emmons, who I already mentioned from UC Davis and Michael McCullough from the University of Miami, both very well-known gratitude researchers, especially Robert Emmons, ran a study where they randomly assigned undergraduate students to one of the following three conditions. So to write down five things they were grateful for once a week for 10 weeks. So that was one condition. The next condition was to write down five hassles they experienced that week, once a week for 10 weeks. Or the third condition, which is the control, to write down five daily activities once a week for 10 weeks. And what they found is that the students who wrote down five gratitudes each week for 10 weeks reported feeling more optimistic about the following week and 25% happier than did the participants who were in the hassles or ordinary events condition. So they were 25% happier and engaged in 33% 
more physical exercise just by writing down five things that they were grateful for once a week for 10 weeks. Five things, <laughs> 10 weeks, like Ed Rooney, nine times. No, seriously, I really want you to like take this in, process it. This is so little, so little effort. What, five minutes a week with these results? Kind of mind-blowing. And I might add a little piece to this to make this even more effective given the next study. So Marty Seligman and his colleagues did an internet study. It was a six-group random assignment placebo-controlled internet study. That's a real mouthful, but that's just to say it was a well-designed study that tested five happiness interventions and one plausible control exercise. So an intervention is just a psychological exercise that they're doing to boost well-being or decrease depressive symptoms. And what they found was that three of the interventions lastingly increased happiness and decreased depressive symptoms. And one of those three interventions was to write down three things that went well and identify the cause of those good things every day for one week. But really, I really want you to wrap your head around this. Writing down just three good things that happened and the source of those good things still contributed to increased well-being and decreased depression six months later. It's enormous. I mean, these are really big findings and these are big effects. So it's very simple and very effective. And one important thing to note is less perhaps is more. And Sonia Lubomirsky's research, she's from UC Riverside. You know, she's a well-known positive psychology researcher. She suggests that writing your blessings down once a week might offer a bigger well-being boost than actually writing them down more regularly. So you don't need to keep a gratitude journal every day and do this exercise every single day. You don't have to do that. You can do it one day a week, write down your blessings and then the source of those blessings or your gratitudes and the source of those gratitudes. And you'll get the same, if not more, of a positive effect. And perhaps this is because it feels more novel and less onerous to do it less frequently. In another study that Robert Emmons did with suicidal inpatients, he found that keeping a gratitude journal reduced feelings of hopelessness. Hopelessness is the emotion most highly correlated with suicidal ideation for 88% of the patients. So keeping a gratitude journal reduced feelings of hopelessness for 88% of the patients and increased levels of optimism in 94% of them. I mean, mic drop. And it's not just those with clinical psychological diagnoses. In another Robert Emmons study of medical workers, the practice of writing in a weekly gratitude journal decreased levels of the stress hormone cortisol by 23%. These are really big effects. There is not a single medication on the planet that will produce results like this, truly. You know, ADHD stimulants are probably the most effective psychiatric drug that we have, and they're effective rates. And I'm, this is not totally precise, but it's something in the ballpark of 80% effective. And that's wildly effective compared to SSRIs or any other medication that we have. So yeah, gratitude is important. And cultivating gratitude is a very critical skill to develop. But this is the thing that's so important about gratitude. It's so much more than just sort of a powerful happiness pill. Not only does gratitude enable us to feel better, but it also prompts us to do better. 
it pleases us. It makes us feel better. And it also motivates us to do things for other people, to pay that positive emotion forward, to pay that feeling of receiving a gift, that grace to pay it forward. And out of the 24 human character strengths, including such powerhouses as love, hope, kindness, and creativity, I think zest too. So love, hope, kindness, creativity, zest. The single best predictor of good relationships and emotional well-being was gratitude. And I can't remember who, but one of the gratitude researchers describes it as social glue. It holds the world together. But, you know, despite this overwhelming evidence that gratitude matters, it can be fleeting and hard to sustain for all of us. I'm sure there were moments over Thanksgiving holiday where you're thinking I should be feeling grateful. This is the holiday of feeling grateful and giving thanks and gratitude. And right now, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not feeling it, right? We get stressed and overwhelmed. And then instead of counting our blessings, we count our resentments. You are not alone. So the only way to create a grateful brain is to practice it with attention and intention really deliberately. So I'm going to give you three quick exercises that demonstrate all three aspects of gratitude as a cognitive, emotional, and behavioral experience. If you're driving, you're walking, whatever, don't do them. If you happen to be sitting somewhere where you can press pause, awesome. But I'm going to give you a teaser for your lab work is to do these three exercises for yourself this week. Okay. So the first exercise focuses on gratitude as a cognitive process. So I want you to take a minute to pick one small mundane thing that you do every day and write down all the people who are involved in making that little moment possible for you. And the specificity matters. I got this idea from AJ Jacobs, the journalist. What a funny, wonderful writer. But anyway, he wrote a short book called Thanks a Thousand and it's fantastic. So definitely run out and grab it. It's so good. But in it, he breaks down all the people who are involved in his morning cup of coffee and then thanks them all from the rodent exterminators at the coffee processing plant, which by the way, who thinks about that? I wouldn't have. I mean, it's kind of gross, but also, yeah, that makes sense. Um, (laughs) I don't want any, you know, critters in my uh, coffee as it's being roasted. So from the rodent exterminators to the growers, to the truck drivers who ship the cargo, to people that design the packaging, et cetera, to the baristas, all of them, thousands of people, right? Thousands of people have been involved in making the everyday items you use possible from your car to your toothbrush. So spend a minute, pick one thing, something you do every day, brushing your teeth, grabbing your coffee, driving your car, walking into an office building, the electricity that's in your house, whatever it is, pick one thing and then dig deeper and deeper into the layers and layers and layers of people that are involved and this sort of web of connectivity of so many people who are involved in making our life wonderful. It's really kind of a beautiful thing. The second exercise I want to give you all focuses on gratitude as an emotional process. So the appreciation of receiving a gift. So exercise two, close your eyes. And obviously not now if you're driving or walking down the sidewalk and think about one of your most proud achievements in your life. Replay the triumph and unadulterated joy of the accomplishment in your mind as if you're re-experiencing it all again 
through your own eyes. So you're not watching yourself do this. You're re-experiencing it from your own perspective. And revisit all the obstacles and internal resistance you overcame with commitment and effort. And recall all the people who supported, encouraged, and facilitated your dream. All the angels in your life that made that possible, that gave you a soft landing on a really bad day, who were your cheerleader when you needed it most, who perhaps enabled with financial support something that helped you change your life in a profound way all of those people that were involved and really drink in that feeling of gratitude for your past self who persevered and committed to something and worked really hard and the many people who helped you along the way. So many people. And really fully surrender to the sensation in your body that you feel from experiencing that feeling of gratitude. And after just a minute or two, Open your eyes and write down any shifts that you notice and how you feel in your body and what emotions you're experiencing in addition to feeling gratitude. So exercise three is to pick one person who you just thought about in the previous exercise. Someone who, you know, is an angel in your life that supported you through hard times or helped you accomplish something that was challenging and really encouraged you to go for it and keep going when things were tough. And if that person is no longer living, think of someone who makes living on this planet better for you right now. And pull out your phone and send that person a quick text to tell them how grateful you are that they are alive and in your life. Just right now, take you no time at all. And in less than 15 seconds, 15, 30 seconds, you will not only boost your own GQ, but also boost the GQ of the person who got your text. And that person who just received your text of gratitude is statistically more likely to pay that gift forward. So to do the same with someone else. So your lab work this week is to do these three very short exercises. And with this ripple effect, each and every one of us can change the well-being of the world. So have a wonderful week. And focus this week on the tailwinds. You know, what makes things easier for you? Who's made your life easier? The gifts that you're given instead of focusing so much on the headwinds, the things that are challenging for you. Correct the asymmetry between the tailwinds and the headwinds. And as always, put the own up in grown up. All right, y'all, I'll be back with you next Monday. For more dirt on today's topic, make sure to visit the episode show notes at drsashahines.com. Or if you have any specific questions, you can shoot me an email at hello at thechangelabpodcast.com or find me on Instagram at drsashahines. If you're enjoying The Change Lab, there are three things you can do about it. Subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with a friend or five. Or head over to drsashahines.com to check out the ways you can work with me and dive deeper into this work. And if you're feeling wild, maybe do all three. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next Monday.